I'm all about building communities, celebrating unique journeys, and sharing stories about the paths people have taken to enter the tech industry. Join me as we explore the skills my guests have learned in their prior jobs, schooling, or life experiences, and how they apply them to their current roles in tech. My guest today is a rabbi and teacher who pivoted to engineering three years ago. He still loves teaching and does that as much as he can through mentoring and using his blog and weekly newsletter, Tech in Torah. His name is Yahiel Kalmanson. I'm super excited to be chatting with him today. Developers like tend to have this like mindset that, you know, people can figure it out because their job is mm-hmm. figuring it out all day, but where people work with the end users and we know that if someone if there's a way to misuse it it will be misused and if there's a way to misunderstand it it will be misunderstood so <laughs> so um, true oh so yeah, i think every developer should spend some time in support i'm your host lauren lee and this is we belong here lessons from unconventional paths to tech yeah welcome to we belong here thanks for having me I'm so excited to be chatting. Let's start at the beginning, shall we? Let's go. Okay, let's do it. So can you please tell me more about all those experiences you had before you entered the tech industry? Yeah. So uh, as you mentioned, um, I was ordained as a rabbi. Um, I served as a rabbi for a few years and an elementary teacher at a Hebrew school. Cool. But yeah, after, after a while, things didn't really work out. The place I was working at was closing, I would have had to move. And at that time, I already had a family and Mm. like financial security became a little more important. Mm -hmm. So I did a small pivot to tech support. Um, While there, I got a bit of a feel for technical stuff. I was in touch with the development team, um, saw a little bit of how that worked. I realized that I could, that stuff, that's something that I might be interested in. I started taking some courses online. Um, Eventually, I took a boot camp and got a job as a web developer. That's so great. Uh, that's really, yeah, it's really, really cool. So it, it sounds as though maybe you were into tech growing up, if that felt like a good leap uh, to go from being like working as a rabbi to the technical support piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was always interested like in, in computers and stuff. I didn't really do much like coding or anything. But mm-hmm. I was always like trying to figure things out, you know, breaking things apart. Uh, you know, every single wristwatch I ever owned ended up in like pieces within a month. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, so from there to tech support was pretty natural. And with from tech support to to programming, like I said, I, you know, I got exposed to it while working and, you know, you get these tickets, which are a little bit beyond you, but you move them on to, you know, escalate them to the next level. But while there you see what's going on sure it's like the curiosity grows from there that makes sense yeah. uh okay and so then i and then did you grow up with religion like totally a part of your life yeah my family is very religious my dad is an editor who works on at a religious publishing house oh cool so yeah a few of my siblings are rabbis and um so yeah religion mm-hmm. was pretty central when i was growing up and it still is in my it still is a pretty central part of my life even as even though it's not my full-time job yeah it's cool that you're able to blend the two still Mm -hmm. uh so it sounds as though i usually ask folks like well what stopped you from breaking into the tech industry before you did and it sounds as though you just had a another passion in life and that was a calling Mm -hmm. to 
serve your community in a way. And that, I don't know, what, how does that actually, see that? It's actually funny that you mentioned that because, like, I did feel, like, even though I was into, like, nerdy technical stuff, I didn't mm-hmm. think programming was for me. Like, at one point, mm. at one point, like, when I was doing tech support, my mom suggested she had someone in her, in her office who did a boot camp and then got a job. Actually, a friend of mine. Oh, who did a bootcamp and became a developer. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if that's for me. She's like, yeah, you're smart. You can do it. I'm like, I'm smart, but not like that smart. Because like in my head, a programmer is someone who is like born hacking, you know. So, and like that wasn't me. Like I couldn't handle that. But after that conversation, I right away sat down, Googled some free coding courses and realized, hey, maybe I could do that. And it turns out you good, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> and and you did. You attended a boot camp. How'd you decide the one that you did? Well, at the time that I attended boot camp, I so like I I knew that I would have to be doing something like part time or online because I mm-hmm. couldn't afford to like stop working for three months in addition mm-hmm. to paying for a boot camp. And at that time, there weren't that many options. Flatiron had an online course, which is the one I ended up taking. I think there was mm-hmm. only like one or two other ones so there wasn't much of a choice so i see and because so, everything else was like either in person or yeah it would have to be in person and, Requ- yeah. right. required you to maybe do like full time or something like that right um okay cool so bring us to today tell me about what you do uh as a software engineer is it vmware yeah so now i'm okay. at vmware um actually hired at pivotal and then they got acquired by vmware about a year ago got it got you so, yeah, VMware is it's mostly infrastructure engineering, um, like really back-endy stuff. So, yeah, quite a jump from the web development that I was that, <laughs> that I took a boot camp for. Um, and it was a bit sure. of a learning curve, but yeah. It's always exciting to be like taking on new things, though, and, and pushing the boundaries of what, you know, you were doing, you know, in those first couple roles outside of boot camp, too. I love that. Um, OK. And and I mean, so tell me then how, you know, has your past as a rabbi uh, helped you today in your role as a software engineer? Well, yeah. So like I said, as a rabbi, a major part of my job, of course, is teaching. And I do find that. Teaching is like a big part of what keeps like even when I was in boot camp, like I always loved helping other students out. Mm. You know, being I told you I was still keeping my full time job at the time, so I was doing most of it like late at night over weekends when support wasn't that great. So it was basically me and a few other students who were also doing the graveyard shift. Oh my god. And (laughs) we have to basically support each other most of the time. So um and yeah, and I found that that was like a best pretty much the best way to learn is by teaching. Like, you know, you tend to think of teaching as something 100%. that you do for someone else, but mm-hmm. really you gain a lot more. It helps you solidify concepts and things like that. So definitely. my background in teaching definitely helped me in learning it. And um, also now I find myself, you know, all the parts that developers know they should be doing, but like documentation and making sure, you know, mentoring juniors and things like that. These are things I actually enjoy. It's not a chore for me. Like I always gravitate towards those tasks. Mm-hmm. And- yeah, I love that. And you get to blend it even more so uh, with your weekly newsletter and and book that you published uh, with my friend and coworker Ben, uh, who was actually the first guest on We Belong Here, which is so fun. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So you actually stole him because before he was your coworker, he was my coworker. Ah, um, get out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My first job out of boot camp, um, he got hired at the same place two weeks later. So that was like that. really great, you know. When, especially when you're a junior and like, you know, it's a new confusing world and you're trying to, you don't know, you're like, you have a bad manager and like, am I crazy or is this just how things are? It's always good to have someone with you going through the same thing. Sure. Um, so, yeah. So Ben actually went to Flatiron together with me. We helped each other out through the course and then supported, gave each other moral support through the job search, which obviously is not easy. No. Um, and then we got the same job, which was a real godsend. Oh, that's so, really great. I love that. And now you still get to work together in your yeah. in creating your book. Right. And your, in so your about a year book. after we started that first job, um, so both of us were basically looking for our next opportunity. Mm-hmm. Ben moved to Israel, as you probably know. <laughs> so we didn't want a good friendship to end like that. Um, so Ben came up with the idea to start a weekly newsletter. We're both former rabbis. So obviously you can imagine we had a lot of these conversations around ethics and moral issues in tech and, you know, how our rabbinical background, our Jewish background contributed to the way we saw these things. Um, Mm -hmm. so the idea for the newsletter was Ben's idea. And after about a year of when we got it, once we got a year's worth of newsletters, we decided to publish it in a book. And now we actually have... We just came up on our two-year anniversary, so you can expect Volume 2 to come soon. Ooh. You heard it here first, folks. That's so exciting. Congratulations. Uh, I'm so curious. I mean, a weekly newsletter is a feat in itself. How on earth do you come up? But I guess that must be similar in coming up with topics for a sermon. Is it called a sermon? Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah. And, and so, um, so I guess it's coming up with like a new thing to talk about each week. Uh, I, that, that seemed, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah. So we generally follow, um, like in Judaism, like Ju- uh, Judaism's holy book is called the Torah mm-hmm. and it's divided into 53 portions called <gasps> Parshiot. Perfect. So it basically gives you a built in <laughs> topic every week. Most weeks, those who, uh, for those who are signed up for the newsletter or those who, and I'll give information at the end uh, so that Perp, you know, no yeah, one's could. Yeah. You'll see basically every week it follows the the weekly portion. We basically have a built-in topic and then just try to connect it. Connecting it to tech can sometimes be a challenge, but that's, you know. <laughs> that sounds like you're up for it, though. And probably a really good exercise uh, and good reflection. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm into that. So, yes, I will, of course, include the links to all of that in the show notes for listeners to check out. Uh, okay, cool. So can you share any life lessons that you've learned from your transition to tech? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess the first lesson I would say um, is, you know, don't think you can't. Like I said, you know, my mother uh, first mentioned it to me. My first reaction was I can't um, until mm-hmm. I actually tried it. So, yeah, you don't have to be some kind of genius. It's not rocket science. And even rocket science, you could probably do if you tried it. Um, sure. So, yeah, definitely give it a try. See if it's for you. And, again, while learning learning can be tough. So, like I said, I found that teaching is teaching others is the best way to learn for yourself. So one of my favorite expressions from the Talmud is by a rabbi who said, and I quote, I learned a lot from my teachers and I learned even more from my colleagues, but from my students, I learned the most of all. Mm. Because by teaching, you actually 
it just helps you learn so much more. You see, you trains you to see things from different perspectives. You have to look at it through a student's perspective. Someone sure. who might not have the same background that you do or the same knowledge that you do. It makes you challenge your assumptions. So, yeah, even as you're learning, try to teach, help, mentor, pair with others, and you'll go far. Right. Absolutely. And even if it doesn't feel as though you have anyone to teach in your world, maybe there's just no one in your life that is like also stoked about what you're taking on, write a blog post about it and put it into at least that version of something so that then you can document your learning, share it with the world. uh, And always just sharing that perspective is really, really helpful. I think great advice for folks that are kind of in those early days of things. Yeah, definitely. Don't think that you need like some new novel uh, no. idea to write a blog post about write it for yourself you know you be your audience and then you'll find others like you who who it talks to I have a friend that uses her blog posts or blogs essentially as a way to keep like a dictionary of topics of things that she's learned so that she can quickly search back and find just by searching, you know, the, the buzzword of whatever the thing was so that she can, Oh yes, that's how I solve that piece or that's how I tackle that bit of it. And I think that that's brilliant. And so absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, I think your your blog I'll also include. Yeah, you do a lot of writing, it seems like, which I'm just so impressed by. So for listeners, be sure to check it out. Okay, so can you tell me about a time you have felt like an outsider and maybe how you've dealt with those feelings? I guess as someone who... Okay, first of all, someone who uh, did, not go, did not join tech the traditional mm-hmm. way through a computer science degree. Um, so obviously that could... You know, I don't have the same background that many of my coworkers mm-hmm. have. Or, you know, when I was job hunting, it definitely added to my imposter syndrome. Um, you know, especially when you have these places that, you know, have really algorithm-heavy interviews. Sure. So that definitely contributed to, like, the outsider perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, the way I deal with it is just by, first of all, you know, having community, you know, I'm having community online and other, other people like you who tell you, yeah, we've all, you know, you know, Hey, I also experienced that. Or, you know, yeah, you're not crazy. That's definitely how things are. Sure. It definitely helps you make you feel more, you know, it doesn't make the feelings go away, but it lets your rational brain know that it, it's normal to feel these feelings. Mm-hmm. Hello, we belong here. Listeners. Today's episode is sponsored by the new We Belong Here Discord community. I recently have been thinking about ways to continue the conversation with guests after each episode, to foster our community, share resources, and stay connected to both the guests and listeners. And I'm excited because we've created a We Belong Here Discord server. What is Discord, you might be asking? Well, it's a voice, video, and text communication service to talk and hang out with your friends and communities. I know, neat, right? It will be a place for us to connect, share resources, mentor, and build community together. Everyone is welcome, and it promises to be an incredibly inclusive space. It's important to me that everyone has an inclusive community where everyone feels welcome and supported. And this could be yours. If this sounds like something you'd be interested in joining, please do. The link to join is bit.ly slash we belong discord. That's bit.ly forward slash we belong discord, D-I-S-C-O-R-D. Or 
Find a link in my bio on Twitter or Instagram at Lolo Coding. I'm super excited to see you there. As you know, also as a you know, as an Orthodox Jew or religious Jew, there can also be situations where you feel a little bit, you know, as an outsider or different around Shabbat, around keeping kosher. Let's say when the whole team is having mm-hmm. a team lunch and you know you have your kosher meal. But that, you know, comes with the territory. I signed up for that and I knew it's it's with. And I have to admit that most people I've worked with who have been were very respectful and very accommodating went out of their way to make me feel comfortable. So I'm pretty happy with that. Mm, That's great. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I I think just that piece of like reminding the way that community can remind us that we're not alone is the most powerful thing there is. Right. And so when we are just feeling, I don't know, like I need to go cry in the bathroom at work right now, or uh, like, I don't get this bug. I'm never going to get it. And why does everyone else seem to be just like flying through their tickets? Uh, And, you know, share that with someone and don't just exist in in a vacuum uh, because more likely than not, a lot of us are also fighting a bug (laughs) or, you know, just like feeling, having moments of like, gosh, what is the matter with me? But like, it's so normal. And yeah, I think it's really, definitely find your community, you know, online. (laughs) Nowadays it's so easy. There's so many communities out there, either on Twitter or you can find Slack channels or places to join, you know, it's definitely going to help you more than you can imagine. Very, very fair. Uh, do you have any advice for those that are listening and thinking, you know, I too want to transition into tech uh, that you would want to share beyond those that you already have? Okay. So beyond, you know, finding, uh, finding community and finding others who you can talk to who've been through mm-hmm. the process. Um, I guess in general, it's hard to give advice because, you know, people tend to, be colored by their experiences and they think that what worked for me will obviously work for everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's a recipe for disaster. So just because you see someone took a certain path and it worked for them, like, okay, I took a boot mm-hmm. camp. Um, right. It worked for me. And not necessarily is that the right path for you. Maybe you, your path would be to, you know, self-learning or a CS degree or some other mentorship program sure. or, you know, there are, many different paths to get there. Your path is the path that's right for you. And mm-hmm. Right. And so maybe collect a ton of data points of advice, but then also take every bit of that with a grain of salt because knowing that the, every single person is, you know, their unique shiny snowflake that they are, it just isn't going to work always um, to know exactly what I did or you did, et cetera. Um, I think that that's super fair. Can you tell me a little bit before we wrap up, like how you, um, when beginning the the search for your first role after boot camp. Were there any tips that you learned in the sense of like spinning your past, um, it, like that was a more untraditional route to tech as an asset for companies? Because I'm quite curious about how folks, uh, it's kind of like spinning a narrative almost when you're in that, like maybe it's with a tech recruiter on that first phone call interview, or even like once you're in in the interview space and they're like, tell me about yourself. Uh, how'd, how'd you tackle that piece? Right. Um, so I had it a little bit easier because I did have sort of an intermediary step where I was doing tech support, which oh, right, is sort right, of right. Tech, tech adjacent. But sure. obviously, um, um, so first of all, tech support was great because it gave me a great empathy for end users. Like developers like tend to have this like mindset that, you know, 
people can figure it out because their job is figuring it out all day. But tech support people work with the end users, and we know that if someone, if there's a way to misuse it, it will be misused, and if there's a way to misunderstand it, it will be misunderstood. So, um, so true. Oh so yeah, I think every developer should spend some time in support. But yeah. uh, besides for that, my rabbinical experience as a teacher, like I said, you know, really helped me out. I mean. I feel I feel like it helped me out, and I tried spinning that yeah. in job interviews. Um, I obviously showed examples from my blog and showed, look, you know, teaching is in me. And if there's any right. like the companies that value mentorship, I think saw that and liked it. Yeah, so it ended up being a good fit for, on both sides of it too, right? Like that you end up in the right place that wants someone who has that like educator lens almost, so that then you bring to the table what they're craving also. So it's like a symbiotic moment. Right. And, and that's true because uh, at the end of the day, interviews are two way streets. Like obviously Mm -hmm. you're trying to convince the company to hire you, but you know, they're they're, there at the end of the day, they also have to convince you that um, there are a place that you want to work. And obviously when you're looking Mm -hmm. for your first job and you're desperate to get your foot in the door, it's hard to think of it that way. But (laughs) at the end of the day, you'll be happier at the place where, which is the best fit for you and that incorporates your unique experiences. Sure. And so, okay, so now three years in, I'm sure you're at a place where hopefully you're able to say now like, okay, here are the things that are really important to me culture-wise for a company or whether it's like the ability to work remote or whatever. You know, I think we all kind of like figure out our hierarchies of things that we look for when searching for the next role because we're kind of in a time where no one really ends up at places for too, too long or that's like a rare moment. Um you know, where you find someone who's made it a full 20 year career at the same company. Uh, but yeah, I think it's an interesting thing to like, you know, kind of develop that list of what we prioritize when searching for companies so that then we can just quickly eliminate the ones that won't be a good fit. And we're like, okay, don't even waste the sweat, worry, concern about the interview process because that part is tough and tricky. And so it's like, no, I don't even need to interview with y'all cause I'm good. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, please make your shout out. What would you like listeners to go check out? Um, yeah. So like you mentioned, um, my friend Ben and I have a weekly newsletter called Torah and Tech. Um, it's a you can find that at torahandtech.dev. Um, it's a great weekly newsletter, name, by the way. Like great, like lo- I just yeah. nailed it there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the newsletter was Ben's idea. The name was mine. Thanks. Oh, um, <laughs> blend, love that. <laughs> yeah, um, because uh, text doesn't come across good over speech. It's Torah double ampersand tech, like the end so mm-hmm. um so yeah so there's the newsletter and of course the book which you can both find at torontech.dev um perfect and where can people find you online um i am online i can be at found at twitter at Yechiel k um you can find my blog i actually sort of uh split into two um my sort of judaism torah related uh blogging is that blog.yachiel.me or rabbiandrails.io. Oh, and, also a good name. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I love that. Fun. I came up with it at Flatiron. <laughs> and more Ooh. technical stuff are at dev.2 on my profile at yachielk. 
Okay, perfect. Great. I love that. Well, I will be sure to include all of that in the show notes. So listeners, please, please, please go check it out. Definitely subscribe to the newsletter to never miss out. Uh, And yes, thank you so much for sharing your journey with the listeners on We Belong Here today. I really appreciate you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Yes. Oh, I'll talk to you soon. Yep. Bye. And that's a wrap on today's episode. I'm Lauren Lee. Thank you for listening to We Belong Here. If you have any questions about this or any other episode, find me on Twitter at Lolo Coding. That's L-O-L-O-C-O-D-I-N-G. Shoot me an email or leave a comment on the We Belong Here website. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please subscribe and review the show on your podcast player of choice. And be sure to check us out next week for another story and lessons learned from an unconventional path to tech.